in my life over something I call really important. Important is not what I eat from the restaurant. A lot of people want to be so super spiritual. God, what's your will for me to eat? What restaurant? What clothes do I wear today? Listen, God's given you common sense and hopefully dress sense to be able to figure those things out for yourself. I don't want to waste God's time on those kind of things. But I pray and ask God would give me three confirmations. And I ask from three independent sources. And I really believe from God's word we see in the story of Gideon and other examples, God doesn't mind that as long as. God doesn't mind us to ask for confirmation for those things as long as when we get the confirmation that he gives, that we act upon it and say, okay, God, now I know it's you. Some people are on their 59th confirmation saying, God, is it still you? Is that really you or is it just me? So today I want to build a message. I want to build around the story of Samuel, a part of the story of the early childhood life of Samuel, how we can know it's God. When he was a young boy, before he becomes the prophet of God. But notice this. We see that God is preparing him to be his mouthpiece. God had to know that he could trust him before he could use him. So turn with me to the story in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. If you want to know all about Samuel and his birth and the story of Hannah, just go back on our website, our podcast, look at the Bible series and go under the prayer. Pete delivered an incredible message that can help you with all the background. It says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare. King James Version says it was precious. It wasn't happening much in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. Notice what has been said, that there was a time when God was rarely seen and God was rarely heard. That very rarely he spoke, he was seen, his evidence was around. There wasn't much revelation. What is the reason for that? What was the reason of this day, in Samuel's day, why this took place? The answer is simple, sin. Come on, say with that, sin. Sin. The people had turned away. Isn't that what sin is? Turning away, facing the wrong direction. They had turned away from God. They had turned away from hearing His voice, yet they had become consumed by living in so much noise that they drowned out in their own choice the voice of God and the decisions. I looked at that and I asked myself a couple of questions. Here's the first question I asked. Was God still speaking? Yes, he was still speaking. How do we know that? Because in the story, we see that he speaks to Samuel, but he's not speaking much. So perhaps the better question to ask ourselves this, has God lost his ability to speak? Has God lost, has God, is God suffering from laryngitis? Has he got a problem that he cannot speak right now? No, the problem is not with God, but the problem is that we have lost a willingness to listen. That's what we see in this story. That's what's paralleled many times to our lives, that we are not tuned in to God anymore, that we have removed ourselves and we are not positioned to hear from God. Let me say that one more time, that we are not 
positioned to hear from God. Oh, can you stand up where you're at right now? I want to use this illustration. I've done this before, and I want to show you this. I think this is a powerful illustration that really helps us with this. Earl, I'm going to say something to you right now, and I want you to tell me what I said, okay? You ready? Can you come a little bit closer? Keep coming. Keep coming. Stop. You ready? Can you say it again? Still can't hear. Come on up. Keep coming. Stop right there. Come on up. (laughs) Earl, I think you're awesome and God loves you. Why would you do that? Notice the deal was, God was always speaking. But where was his position? You see, God is speaking in our lives, but we are away from God. We are away. The Bible speaks that God many times speaks in a still, small voice. He's not always as a delicate whisper. But what I believe that shows is the level of intimacy that God wants and desires for each one of us. Because most of the time, if you're shouting at someone, you're mad at them. Isn't that true? You're mad at them. You're not just shouting because they're way away from you. You're shouting or you're trying to get their attention because they're ignoring you. Notice that the process, that the closer we get, you could kind of make it out just a little bit more. But to really know what was being said, you had to get so up close and personal. I heard this statement this week and I thought, man, this is so true for our lives. Listen to this. The most important factor in your future is not your background. It's not your race. It's not your education. It's not the opinions of others or what people have told you. The most important factor in your life is that you can hear from God. That you can hear from God. That you and I would know His voice, His instruction for our life, which also can be correction too, but that's perhaps the greatest instruction, is that which will correct us and set us straight. So Samuel didn't perhaps know what he was listening for. We're going to discover that in a few moments. But what did he do? He positioned himself in a different place. Say with me, different place. He positioned himself in a different place. Let's read on. 1 Samuel 3 verse 2. And it says, And it came to pass that while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. One translation says that Eli lay down in his usual place. Place. He was in his familiar place, a place that he had become accustomed to, a place of no change, just the same old, same old every day, the repetition, just repeating, just going on. And it was a place that the Bible says that he had not only lost his ability to hear God, but what else was happening? Now he's also losing the ability to be able to see 
God. His hearing has gone spiritually, physically, his sight is leaving him. It's not a good place. And for many of us, that's a place where we live. We live in a place where we are skeptical. We can find ourselves becoming cynical. We can find ourselves judgmental, questioning, in a condemning place. Why? Because we can get like that and will get like that when we are not positioned close to God. Verse 3, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, and it should never have gone out, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down. New international version, NIV says this, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. Samuel's not laying by Eli. Eli's in his usual place. But Samuel is laying down in the house of God. He is laying down where? By the ark of God. He is laying near the ark. What is the ark? Look at this. What is the ark? The ark is a wooden box that was overlaid with gold. Okay, we see that the ark, and there's a picture of it up there. On the top, there would be two cherubim on top of it, wings stretched over it. That's the box that Indiana Jones found, just in case you're wondering. And we also call it the mercy seat because in between the cherubim, that area is known as the mercy seat because it was where the presence of God would come and rest, would be seated Upon. In the Old Testament, we read the children of Israel being led of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And what would that do? That pillar would rest upon the mercy seat. So whenever they stopped, it would go before them and lead them. But when it stopped, they would position the ark of God directly under that because that cloud, that pillar, symbolized and recognized the presence of God and it would rest upon The mercy seat. Because the ark represented the presence of God. It was the place where God was. Eli's in his usual place. Samuel is positioning his life in the presence of God. In the presence of God. The NIV verse 4 says, Then the Lord called Samuel. Then the Lord called Samuel. Have you taken notes? You need to write this down. You ready? He didn't call him by chance, but he called him by position. By position. He was called, next slide please, he was called not by chance, but he was called by position. Where he was. Where is Eli? Where is the priest of God? The priest of God is somewhere Else, He was in his usual place, just going through the motions. Really, he was out of place. Where is Samuel? He is in the presence. He is in what? God's place. Who did God talk to? Who did God call? Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And I believe there's an important truth here that you and I must see. Not for Samuel, because he already knows the truth. But important for us today. Are you ready? Listen to this. If we desire to hear God, we need to be in a position to do so. If we want to hear God in our lives, we need to be in a position to do so. Come on. We need to be in church each and every week. 
We need to be in prayer, encounter, and having a daily time where we're praying to God. We need to be in the Word. We need to have fellowship with other Christians and have that support and interaction along, around our lives. Why? Because all those things help to keep us in the right Position. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Where do you hear God's Word? In church. Come on now. You hear the Word of God, and faith comes by hearing. Not just reading, but hearing the Word of God. So what happens when you come to church? What happens when you read the Word and pray? It builds your faith, and it encourages you, and positions you to be in a place where you can know the voice of God. We're going to ask a lot of questions today, but I think it's important. Could God have still spoken to Eli? Of course he could. He's God. God can do anything. And perhaps the better question to ask was this, but was he? Could God? Yes. But was he? Probably not. Why? Because God desires to speak to those who will listen. God desires to speak to those who will listen. Those who have created a space for Him to fill. Oh God, I want to know it's you. But how much effort do we put into our lives being in a position to hear? We get so consumed with this world. We get so bogged down in the busyness of life. I want to tell you something right now. I'm busy too. I've got six kids. That's a busy life. We have a busy life too. We've got a 22-year-old, yes, but we've got a two-year-old. Having young kids keeps you busy. Having old kids keeps you busy. I mean, life keeps you busy. I'm not preaching to you something that we're not living ourselves. We can find ourselves, if we don't watch, going through the whole day and then like forgetting to have some time with God. That's why I like to start my day off and get up early and walk and pray. Because if I don't do it, I can have all the best intentions. But time and life gets the better of you. And you get consumed and caught up in all of those things. The pressures of life. The pulls from this And that, the attractions, the circumstance, just everything of life can become so consuming to us that we forget the position of our lives. Then we scratch our heads and we wonder and question and say, but why can I not hear God? Why can I not hear God? It's because we don't listen. It's because we're not taking time to listen. That we haven't created an opportunity and a space for him to fill. You see, God is still speaking. The problem is we forget to listen. So now we're struggling to know what and who and where his will is for us. God's will is not hidden from your life. You just hide your life from his will. Think about that. You're not positioned where you need to be. You and I can know His will. You and I can know if it's really God. And let me show you how as we read through God's Word. Verse 5, So he, Samuel, ran to Eli and said, Here I am. I'm not trying to be redundant, but you've got to see this. Notice Samuel gets up and runs. What does that imply? He is a great distance, perhaps, away from Eli. He has to run where he's going. He doesn't just walk into the 
next room. He has to run where he's going. Why? Because Eli is in his usual place, but Samuel is in God's place in the presence of God. And he says to Eli, you called me? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go and lie down again. And he went and laid down. Verse 6, then the Lord called again. Pastor Philip, if I don't listen to God, can I miss God? Will he come back again? What if I'm not ready to hear at that moment and that time? Will I miss every opportunity? Will my life be destroyed from that time onwards? What do we see from this story? When Samuel didn't know at first it was God, God still came back. God still came back. I want to give you hope today. Maybe you don't know it's God, but today we're going to give you some practical truths and points that will help you. So don't be concerned, oh, maybe I've missed God. Maybe you did, but God is faithful. God is faithful. He's going to come back and call again. Why? Because He wants to instruct and lead and guide your life if you're just in a place where you can listen. God says, Samuel. So Samuel arose again and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Go and lay down again. And then there's this really important verse. I know the whole Bible is really important, but verse 7 is just this pivotal verse. It is so important. It's in in parentheses. It's like being thrown in the middle there. And it says this, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. The Message Bible says, this all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. In other words, up to this point in his life, Samuel just knew religion and ceremony. He just went through the motions because that's what Eli, the priest of God, was going through. That's what the children of Israel were going through. They were just going through the ceremonies. They were just going through a religion. There was no relationship. Come on, they knew about God, but they did not know God. And making it clear, this verse is in here, making it clear the fact of why Samuel did not recognize God because he was not in relationship with God. Was God speaking? Yes, but he did not know his voice because he was not in relationship with God. We need to be in relationship with God. We need to be in position. Come on, say with me, in position. In position. The necessity was relationship to be able to hear. Oh, so God doesn't speak to anyone that's not in relationship with Him? Yes, God does. Yes, God does. But we can also see that God wants to speak to those who are in relationship with Him. John 10 verse 4, it says, And when He brings out His own sheep, He goes before them and the sheep follow Him. Why? Because they know His voice. The sheep Follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5 says, but they won't follow a stranger because they don't know the voice. So I wonder what is the most familiar voice of your life. Because the Bible says you're going to follow what's familiar in your life. Spending time in his presence, being with God, causes you to be able to know his voice and recognize his voice. 
You all know my voice. Why? Because you spent time in my presence. You've been around me. It's not a strange voice to you. And the same will be so of God. If God's voice is strange and you don't know it, it's because you are not in his presence. It's, you're not in position. You're not in relationship with him because the ones you love, they don't even have to say, hey, this is Pete. They don't have to say, hey, this is D. They don't even have to say that. You know exactly who they are because their voice identifies them to you. Relationship, relationship. Verse 8, and God doesn't give up. He goes and calls him again. But listen to me, are you ready? Notice God is not speaking what he wants to say. He is just calling Because God will not speak what he needs to say until you and I are prepared to hear. Up to then, it's just going to be a call. God's trying to get your attention. But if you're not willing to stop and say, God, what is it that you want? God's just going to keep calling and calling and calling. And you may say, well, God never gave me direction for my life. He's calling your voice every day. He's speaking words to you every... Oh, he's not saying do this and do that maybe, but he's calling for you, waiting for you to be in a position that when you are prepared to hear, then he can give you the instruction that he needs. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. Say with me, the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, Eli, for you did call me. He's almost getting frustrated now. Your first time, did you call? I think he did call. You did call me. What's up? Then Eli perceived. The message Bible says, then it dawned on Eli that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go and lay down and it shall be that if he, God, calls you again, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Message Bible says, speak, God, I am your servant. Listen to this. Ready to listen. Wow. Speak, God. I am ready to listen. So Samuel went down, went and lay down in his place. Come on, it wasn't just his place, was it? He was positioned in God's place. What has now happened? He is still positioned. But the second thing we see is he is now prepared. He is now prepared. Remember what it's like Christmas Eve. Remember what it's like going to bed Christmas Eve. And you were just the excitement, the anticipation, the joy, the curiosity, the fear. I mean, was I bad this year? I mean, was I going to get cold? I went through that struggle every year, wondering if I was going to get cold in my stocking because I wasn't the best behaved. I know you find that hard to believe, but I was a young boy one day too. And you're waiting for Santa to come. And those words that you never like to hear were this, if you don't go to sleep. He won't come. Come on, anyone remember those words? If you don't go to sleep, he is not going to come. I understand that reasoning now. Wink, wink. Don't we all? But you didn't want to sleep. You were so excited. You couldn't sleep. You were ready. You'd waited all year. You'd gone through all the little catalogs and circled everything that you want. You left tips and hints everywhere. Every commercial on TV. See, I want that. And I want that. And I want... That must have been how Samuel was that night. 
go back because now when he comes again, speak. I'm, I'm sure he couldn't hardly sleep. He was like ready and excited to hear from God. Verse 10, now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. I want to point out something right now. The Bible never says before that God ever stood before. The Bible says that God always called before. I said the Bible says that God always called before. But I want you to see something I don't believe is by chance. The Message Bible says that God came as the other times and he stood and called like he did before. I disagree with that because I believe details are important to God. I believe if he would have stood before, he would have said that God stood and called Samuel. But it says three times that God just called Samuel. Why is God now standing? Because something is now different in this situation. What has changed? Has God changed? No. You don't have to change perfection. Perfection is perfection no matter what. Has Samuel changed? Yes. Why? Because he's in his place, God's place, but now he is prepared to listen to the voice of God. Now he's prepared. What does God know? Now I'm going to come because it's time to get the business done. God's not just now calling from a distance. God is right there because he is ready To listen. And God says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak for your servant hears, or speak, I am your servant, ready to listen. And then verse 11 from the Message Bible says, God said to Samuel, Listen carefully. And then God begins to speak to him. So, why does God speak to us? Why does God speak to us? There are many reasons why he speaks to us. I want to give you quickly three reasons why God speaks to us. To us, The first one is this, to bring security in our lives. What do I mean by bringing security? God speaks to confirm to us, my sheep hear my voice and follow. What does that show us? Come on, that we're a child of God. His voice gives us a security of knowing who we are, but even greater than that, whose we are in Him. I belong to God. I love that. Why else does God speak? God speaks to protect you. It could be better said to correct you. He wants to protect you. If our child is doing something wrong, we speak and give instruction to protect them. Don't go there. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to do those things. God wants to speak to protect your life. Here's the third reason. God wants to speak to direct your life. That's the job you need. That's the person you need to be with. That's what I have for your life. It's that to produce life and guidance in your life. I need security. Come on. I need protection. I need guidance in my life. I need God to do those things. And how does He do those? Through His voice. I need to be positioned and prepared to hear. So how can I prepare? How can I prepare my life? I want to help you with that from God's Word. And we went into greater depth with this a few months ago when we went through our series on oxygen, talking about prayer. And we went through these points. And so look at it yourself. For three Wednesdays, we went through these points. But I think they really help because they're great practical steps that can help you know and be prepared to hear the voice of God. Turn to Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1. In chapter 1, Habakkuk asks 
Six questions. In chapter 2, God answers him. And it says this, Habakkuk 2 verse 1, I will stand my watch, Habakkuk speaking. I will set myself on the rampart. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer him when I am corrected. I want to show you from the words of Habakkuk, the life that he lived, I want to show you five quick things that will prepare your life. Are you ready? Number one, you've got to get alone with God. You've got to get alone with God. He says, I will stand my watch. People who are really interested in hearing from God must pay a price. They must discipline themselves to be still before God. And this is not an easy task, but it is essential. Psalms 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know I am God. How do we know through the stillness? We need alone time with God. We need to develop a time of aloneness with God. So many times our time with God is so full in the hustle and the bustle of everything going. Oh yes, we can pray in our car and can have time with God. But really for God to speak into our hearts, that may not be the best time. Because we're concentrating on so many other things as the radio is blaring. Things are going on all around us. Can God speak to us? Yes. But I think there is no substitute by drawing away and getting alone with God. Turning everything else off apart from your heart. Having a heart that's open to God. I heard this statement many years ago and I've never forgot it. It's not from the Bible, but I believe it's biblical truth. Are you ready? A person who does not know stillness is a person that doesn't know God. If you don't know stillness, you don't know God. You need to get alone with God. Turn off the music. Turn off the cell phone. Get alone with God. The second thing you've got to do to prepare yourself to hear God speak, because I'm ready to listen, is you've got to be prepared to wait. 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 We don't like that because we're impatient. We want it right now. And that can be tough. Let's just be honest. When you are desperate for God to do something and there's a desperate need in your life, it's hard to wait. But you've got to remind yourself of God's word that says, He knows what you have need of before you even ask. He knows what you have need of, so it's not like God's clueless to what's going on. If He hasn't come through and spoken yet, it's because He knows it's not the right timing yet, that you're not where you need to be yet. So God is just saying, wait, 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 wait. David said, Psalms 40 verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and what? He inclined to me and He heard my cry. While you wait and God is hearing your cry. You've got to know that. God, you're not listening. Oh, God is listening. Have you ever asked, had someone ask you something and you didn't reply straight away? And then maybe saying to you, you're not listening to me. And the next thought you have is this. Or the, what you say is this. Oh, I'm listening. I'm just thinking about what I really need to say. Aren't you glad that God doesn't do a knee-jerk reaction? That God strategically thinks what's the best for your life. Oh God, are you not listening? Oh, I'm listening. How do I know that? Because his ear is ever inclined to my cry. It's not falling on a deaf ear. You've got to realize this. Are you ready? God's delay is not to punish you, but to prepare you. 
It's not to punish you. Oh, I feel punished. God's not listening. No, he's not punishing you. He's preparing you. Because if he were to give you that thing you're asking for right now and you're not prepared to receive it, you, you would be worse off than if you didn't have it in the first place. You need to be ready to have what God is put. Man, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. And you know why us, I think, waiting is so important? Because it reminds every one of us who's in control of it all. I don't have the control. God does. But what else? It reminds me also to keep close to the one who is in control. God, I'm going to stay positioned as I'm preparing my life. And remember, while you wait, you wait actively. You don't wait passively. Waiting for God is not like sitting, waiting for a bus to come and doing nothing. It's like being a waiter or a waitress that you are still serving, that you are still doing. Because the Bible says those that wait on the Lord, not sitting there like a bump on the log, but those who are on the welcome team serving in their church, those who are on the praise team, come on, those who are driving a bus, watching kids in a nursery, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Why? Because you're going to hear the word of God. You're going to hear his will and his voice as you wait on God. You remain faithful because he already is. That's a good quote right there, isn't it? You be faithful because he already is. Number three, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? Turn to your neighbor and say, are you with me? Are you listening? Come on, are you positioned? Are you preparing yourself? Third thing is this, you need to read the word of God. Well, that's just old fashioned. I don't need to do that. Yeah, you do. You need the word of God in your life. The word of God is his love letter to you. It's his manual of instruction to you. It's the GPS of your life. I cannot understand, and I'm going to be very kind and nice how I say this, I cannot understand how people who call themselves a child of God do not read the Word of God every day. You need to read the Word of God. In fact, next year we're going to read the Bible in one year together. Is that good? We're going to read the Bible as a church together through the whole Bible. At the end of the year, every one of us are going to say, Woohoo! We made it all the way through. We're going to have a reading plan for next year. So note that down because I may forget that. So let's remember that. We're going to read God. It's his love letter. Habakkuk 2 verse 1 says this. I will watch to see what he will say to me. Notice what it says. I will watch to see. Normally we would say I would listen to see. But I am now watching to see. Why would he say that? Because God's will is found in God's word. His will can be found in his words. I love what Rick Warren said this. And I think this is so powerful and so true. He said this, stop waiting for a voice and start looking for a verse. Instead of wanting an audible voice to speak to your life, start looking for a verse that will speak into your life. Because if you haven't heard God lately, you can read God. This is His Word that will speak truth into your life. Psalms 119 verse 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and it is a light to my path. Everything that you need will be found in the Word of God. Every season of life, find a verse that will bring you through, that God can speak to your situation and your circumstance. Why? Because His Word contains His will. Read His Word, know His will. 
It's how I prepare myself. Number four is I write it down. Habakkuk goes on and is instructed by God. Write it down. Make it plain that those who will read it can run with it. I know not everyone here is a journaler. I know that this may not be for everyone. But I'm telling you, there is no substitute many times just to sitting and writing down those things that you want God to do. Those prayers for your life. One of the reasons I think it's so powerful to write those things down because it forces us to think about what we're saying. We can just say prayers and rattle it off and like, what did I just pray? It can become... But when we're actually writing it down, it forces us to really think about what we are saying and it allows us to meditate on that, to build on that and to find strength in that. Have a notepad by your bed. Use voice record on your phone. Write it down because I hate to tell you this, you'll forget it. You'll forget it. You'll forget it. God wants to speak to you, but God will sometimes speak to you at two in the morning. Sometimes you need to wake up and just write it down. You can say, oh, I'll remember. I can't tell you how many times God has spoken such powerful truths into my life and answered questions in the middle of the night. And in the morning, I wake up and I was like, God, could you give it to me again? And God's like, no, I've already given it to you. Why does he have to do that in the middle of the night? Why? Because that's the time you're the stillest and that's the time he can only get your attention many times. So be prepared and be ready to write those things down and to... Grab a hold of those things. Number five. Turn to your neighbor and say, number five. Review it. Or better said, test his leadings, his impressions, his words and his life. God's will will stand the test. God's will will stand the test. I know I need to close, but I want to give you six tests for you. And if you want to know it's God, or you listen to me, if you want to know it's God, it has to be confirmed By all six. Don't just say, well, two out of the six is pretty good. No, you got to go for six out of six. Come on, six out of six. So if we're going to know it's God, here's the tests. Point number one. Point number one. Here it is. Is it consistent with God's word? Is it consistent with God's word? It has to be or it's not God. Come on, two people said amen. It has to be consistent with God's word or it's not God. Well, I kind of think it's God because really what he, no, he means what he says and says what he means. If you've got to try and twist it and stuff, it's not God. Come on, God's word does not fit your life. Your life needs to fit into God's word. Come on, we like to think that our life is the lock and we can put God's word in as the key. Come on, right now, God's the key and he fits into our lives. Come on, his word, what we want to be perfectly. God, what? He wants us. Come on, our life has to fit into his word. It's a big difference. Number two, will it make you more like Christ? Will it make me more like Christ? In other words, will God get the glory from this? Is it for his glory? Is it to build his kingdom? Or is it to build mine? Mine. I want to tell you something right now. Be careful with job promotions. Because every job promotion is not a God promotion. It may be good, but it's not always God. If you've got a job promotion that's going to take you out of church for a long time and away from your family, you need to look and see because God's word for your life is to make you more like Christ. And you've got to know what God is saying in your life. Is that okay today? That was for free today. Number three. Does my church family confirm it? 
Does my church family confirm it? My pastor, the pastoral team, the leadership, do they have a confirmation? Do they have an amen in their spirit for it? The information I've given them, how do they feel? If they've prayed with me about it, what is their feeling? you, you just got to watch here. You'll always find someone that will tell you what you want to hear. But you need to be around people that will tell you what you need to hear. The truth, the truth, the truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God, because the Bible says it's the truth that brings you freedom. Everything else is going to leave you bound. So watch who you're asking. The people who are closest to you, in church with you, doing life with you. Come on, what do you think? Oh, I just don't know with that. Listen to what they're saying. That's just one little check off of the list. And I'm telling you, if their check is not there, then the other checks are not going to be there too. Don't try and force it to happen. It will happen. I want to say that again. You don't have to force His will. His will is there. You just got to pray that God will cause you to hear exactly what He's saying. Here's the fourth one. This Is it consistent with who God made you to be? God's not going to call you to sing and lead worship if you can't hold a tune. I want to tell you right now, that's the devil. Is it consistent with who God made you to be? How has God wired you? How has God made you? What is the gifts, the talents, the abilities? You know what God's going to do? He's going to speak to those in your life. He's going to use those. Why? Because that's who you are. Ladies, be back tomorrow night. Find out the personality that God has given you, not what other people have tried to put on you. Why? Because I think that is key to knowing the voice of God, to first know who you are and understand what you are. And don't make apologies for that because you've got to be consistent with what and who God made you. God is not bipolar and God is not schizophrenic. He knows what He made you to be. He knows the purpose He has for your life. And if you're stepping outside of that, God has to say, no, no, no. And I'm so glad He does. I'm so glad that God is too loving to say yes to all my wrong requests. But He has to say no at times. Is the times when we'll be stretched. You better believe it. Rob and Christy, we recognize the call of God in their life and the position for them to take over our kids' ministry in January of this year. And they started and did a great job. You know what they said? Wow, this is scary because it's bigger than us. And Christy has said so many times through this year, well, Pastor P, you have stretched me so much. Yeah, you are stretched in what, though? What God has called you to be. That's how we grow. We're not stretched in things that we're not called to be, but in what God has called us to be. Number five, is it condemning? Or is it convicting? Is it condemning or is it convicting? Is it condemning? Condemnation is not of God. So if those words you feel are just condemning your life and putting them down, I heard one pastor turn around and he talked about a lady would come up to him after service and said, wow, pastor, God spoke to me today and really said, you're doing an awful job. Not the pastor, but I'm doing an awful job and I need to change. And every week she would come up and say, wow, God really spoke to me and said, I need to change. And he finally, after about six months, said to her, does God ever say anything nice to you? But that's where we can be so often. We can live in a state of condemnation. And put ourselves, but God's word is convicting. What does that mean? It challenges us to be who God wants us to be. There's difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation wants to write you off. Conviction wants to prepare you for where God wants to take you. And God has to correct some things in your life. Correct them. Here's the last one, and perhaps maybe the most important. But neither 
or none are more important because you need all six. Turn to your neighbor, all six. Six for six, six for six. Do I sense God's peace about it? Philippians 4 verse 7, and the peace of God will surpass all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And the will of God will, the peace of God will bring that. God is not the author of confusion. If there's confusion and unrest, that's not God. But I will say this, that you can have a peace in God and the enemy can still come in and try to steal that. You need to remember the peace. If you've never had a peace about it, it's not God. But if there's a peace and then there's confusion, watch that because the enemy wants to still kill and destroy. Here's a great thing. Are you ready? No peace, no Jesus, no do. Come on now. No peace, no Jesus, no do. Keep going. It has to be six for six, and it will be. Oh, but God, what about this? I don't, don't force something to work that's not God. Not God. So how do I know it's God? Point number one. Are you ready? How do I know it's God? I've got to position myself. Point number two, I've got to be prepared. We talked to you that, about that. How do you prepare? You get alone. You read his word. We talked about that. And the third thing is this. It's got to go through the test. Because if it stands up to the test, you will know it's God. I'm telling you right now, you do those three things. You will know God's will for your life. You will know God's voice in your life. And you will know God's leading for your life. And you will no longer have to scratch your head and say, was that me? Was that the devil? Was it the pizza I ate last night? Was it other people? You will know it's God. You can know the voice of God. And God will speak to your life. And when he speaks, you need to say, God, I'm now ready to listen. Would you stand to your feet today? I really hope that helps so many of you today. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.